Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 25 of Genesis chapter 1. We're going to be reading verses 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Now, we've already talked about how um, the command to have dominion over the fish, and over the fowl, and, and creeping things points to the gospel or the Lord Jesus Christ who has rule and dominion over the the peoples of the world. And, and it's through the sending forth of the gospel and God's people are in him, ruling with him. And so all these commands, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Replenish means to fill the earth and subdue it all relate to the gospel. Now, I want to go back one more time to the statement, God blessed them, and God said unto them. And and we know that this is on the sixth day, God created Adam. He did not yet create Eve. It would It would just be too difficult to create Adam on the sixth day, and then to bring all the creatures, as we read in the next chapter, to Adam and have Adam name all the creatures and, and then cause a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and, and, and to take of his rib and, and to make the woman all in a single day. It just seems way too much. So, and God doesn't say he made Eve. He says he created man. In his own image, and man is the same word as Adam, but then he says, male and female created he them. But remember, we looked in Genesis chapter 5, and it said, beginning in verse 1, this is the book of the generations of Adam, and we could also understand that to mean the book of the generations of man. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him, male and female, created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And there God um, is speaking of creating Adam alone, yet he called their name, Adam. So very definitely God is counting that Eve was in Adam in the day that God created the man. When God created Adam, since Eve, in the form of the rib, physically, 
was in Adam, God accounts that. He he recognizes that as though Eve were present at the same time. And of course, there's a very important spiritual reason why God is doing that. And it relates to the Lord Jesus being slain from the foundation of the world. Now, let's think about this again. The Bible tells us that God is the father of Adam. Remember in Luke chapter 3 and verse 38, the last verse of of chapter 3, it says, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. So God created Adam, and Adam was formed, and he was the son of God. And and remember how the Lord Jesus became the son of God, or was declared to be the son of God, according to, to Romans chapter 1, it was through the resurrection of the dead that Jesus was declared to be the Son of God. And and that took place at the point of the world's foundation. Christ was bearing the sins of his people, his elect, who would become his bride. And, and they were in him when he suffered under the weight of the wrath of God and experienced death in paying for the sins of these people. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And they, the woman, were in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he rose from the dead, declared to be the Son of God. There is God's Son via the resurrection from the dead, at that point, he first becomes the Son of God. He's the firstborn Son from the dead. And the woman is within him, though in, in the sense that he paid for the sins of every one of those that were chosen, predestinated to become saved. Their sins were laid upon him and 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 so even though you couldn't see the woman at that point yet at the rising from the dead at the foundation of the world the son of god was was um in effect or or jesus became the son of god and the woman was in him and then it would take the creation of the world and the unfolding of history over the course of thousands of years before the woman became uh, more and more in evidence. And, and as each one of the elect became saved, it was forming the bride of Christ until we read in Revelation 19 that she has made herself ready. And, and then the bride comes down, New Jerusalem. But But she was already formed or already uh, in the sense of Christ paying for his sins already in him at the foundation of the world. And and then God, uh, when Jesus successfully endured his wrath 
and died and, and came to life again, rising from the dead, called him his son. Now, notice here in Genesis 5, in verse 2, Male and female created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam, in the day when they were created. Now, that's significant that the language of called their name is used because when we go through the genealogies of Genesis 5 and Genesis 11, we're, we're going to find there's a clue phrase that will indicate an immediate father-son relationship. It's in the Hebrew, Kara Shem. And Kara Shem means called the name. In this case, it's plural, called their name, Adam. But again, just as we read in Luke 3, verse 38, Adam was the son of God. And the fact that God uses the clue phrase, Kerashem, to refer to Adam, and God is the one calling their name, Adam, indicates and and reinforces that God is the father of Adam. God is the one counted as Adam's father, and also Eve's father, the woman's father, because he called their name Adam. And it, it, it just ties in with Christ rising from the dead, declared to be the son and Adam coming from the dust of the ground, being formed by God, God calls their name Adam. It's a real figure of Jesus being the firstborn from the dead, but he's the firstborn of many brethren. And, and the brethren, the elect were in Christ and and so the creation of Adam really is a wonderful picture. It's a wonderful picture of Christ rising from the dead and successfully accomplishing the will of the Father in making payment for those that would become saved later in world history and would become the spiritual bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, the woman was in him. And so God recognizes. Now, uh, here in Genesis chapter 5, notice in verse 3, And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness, and after his image, and called his name Seth. There's the clue phrase that reveals Adam was the immediate father of Seth. Sometimes in the Bible, when we read that so-and-so begat so-and-so, it's not an immediate father-son relationship. It could be a grandson or a great-grandson, a later descendant. But when Karashem, called his name, is used, it means father to direct son. Well, all right, let's go back. And let's keep this in mind as we're reading of Adam. Uh, we know that God says this in Romans 
chapter 5. I think we've mentioned it before, but it helps to mention again Romans 5, verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. So Adam is a figure of Christ. And Jesus is called the second Adam when he entered into the world. And the the first Adam was earthy of the earth. The second Adam is is spiritual. He heavenly, he comes down from heaven above. But in the figure of the earthly Adam, of the man God created on that sixth day, we see the Lord Jesus and, and God's magnificent salvation program already being uh, described in, in a, a beautiful way in verse after verse in Genesis chapter 1 in the very beginning of the Word of God, the Bible. Well, okay, let's go on to verse 29 of Genesis 1. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed. Now, this is referring to Adam and uh, male and female. He, he called their name Adam. So God is really speaking to the woman, to mankind, but actually spiritually to Christ and to the bride of Christ, the elect. God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree-yielding seed to you it shall be for meat. Well, here God tells us the herb-bearing seed and every tree um, which is the fruit of a tree-yielding seed is for meat. And the word meat is also translated as eat in Exodus 16, Exodus 16 verses 14 and 15. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness, there lay a small round thing as small as the hoar frost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which Jehovah has given you to eat, or for meat. And, and here God is indicating the herb-bearing seed and, and the fruit of a tree-yielding seed is for meat. And meat in the Bible, Jesus said, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Uh, in, in the New Testament, the bread of heaven that was identified as manna was spiritually defined as the Lord Jesus himself. He is the bread that came down from heaven. And it, it all relates to the, the spiritual nourishment of the Word of God, of the Gospel of the Bible. And so God has given you, referring back to Adam, 
who again would be uh, the kingdom of heaven. It would be the Lord Jesus as Adam's a type of Christ and those within Christ, all those that have become saved or at this point would become saved all throughout history. They were given the herb bearing seed. Now we looked at the word herb back in verse 11 of Genesis 1. And, and there it says, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And we, we saw that these things relate to God's program of times and seasons. Remember in Deuteronomy chapter 32, it says in the first two verses, Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb. That's not the word. That's a different Hebrew word. Um, and, and as the showers upon the grass. Grass is Strong's number 6212 in the Hebrew. And that's actually the word translated as herb in verse 11 and in verse 29. But uh, God is saying that his doctrine is like the rain and falls upon the herb and showers upon the grass and and it's the herb and the grass that provides meat for animals and for man and that points to meat for those that are the objects of of God's attention and that's what the gospel went forth to do to seek and to find the lost sheep of the house of Israel. There was an object, uh, an objective, that the word of God was sent forth to accomplish and did not return void, but did accomplish the task that God sent it forth to do. Number one, to save those lost sheep, those elect people that were in Christ, the woman who was in Adam are, are representative by that or typified by that. Well, there's another interesting verse with herb in, in the Psalms. In Psalm 104, it says in, um, I'll start reading in verse 13, he watereth the hills from his chambers, just like in Deuteronomy 32, God speaks of his doctrine dropping as the dew. He likens his word in Isaiah 55 to the rain that comes down. And and here uh, we read of waters. He watereth the hills from his chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of thy works. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle. So the, the rain, the dew, the water from God's chambers, produces grass for cattle. And remember, cattle or beast are um, are used to typify men. Uh, he, he causes grass to grow for the cattle, and herb 
That's 62.12. For the service of man, that he may bring forth food out of the earth. So God's, um, his program of times and seasons, the seasons of rain, the early righteous rain, the early rain, the latter rain, are used to produce crops. They, they cause the grass and the herbs to grow. And the herb is for the service of man. The, the word service is overwhelmingly used. And, and please look it up. It's Strong's number 5656. It's overwhelmingly used to describe service performed to God, whether it's in the tabernacle or or service in some of the um, feast days. Uh, again and again and again, you'll read service performed to God. And so the herb was given by God for the service of man. But again, man in the Hebrew, it, you would pronounce it Adam. It, it's Strong's 120. And, and Adam is 121 in Strong's Concordance. And, and if you were to place the Hebrew word Adam next to the Hebrew word for man side by side, and you looked at the, the Hebrew letters, they would be identical. And even if you looked at the Hebrew vowel points, which were added later, and and they don't have the authority of the letters. But in this case, the vowel pointing is also identical, which means they're identical words. And it's just that sometimes it, it's obvious that God is referring to the man he called Adam, and and elsewhere um, it, it's referring to man in general, and and. And so the translators would take their cue from from the context. But here, herb was given for or or God's program of sending the waters, which cause the grass to grow, and cause herb for service of man. And who does man Adam typify? He is the figure of him that was to come, Christ. So God's sending forth of the water that, that falls from heaven above upon the earth and produces the grass and the herbs and, and that herbs and grass. Well, here it just says the herbs, but it, it does service for Adam, and, and again, that word service ties into service performed to God, and the word Adam, or man, is a word that identifies with Christ. So it's service to the Lord Jesus Christ through God's um, gospel program, the sending forth of the gospel as the gospel especially um, was expanded in the days of the church age. Go ye forth into all nations and, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And of course, that's, 
a command to go to the nations of the elect. It's not a command to go to the nations of the world, but in order to obey the command to go to the nations of the elect, it, it was necessary to go to the nations of the world. And and we know it's the nations of the elect because God says baptizing them in the name of the Father, teaching them and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and the nations of the world weren't baptized, but the nations of the elect were baptized by the Holy Spirit into Christ. They they were baptized in salvation as they were baptized with the baptism that Jesus was baptized with. But but that's not true of the vast majority of people in the world. And so the Great Commission would have been a failure if it were a commission to just go into the earthly nations and to baptize people from the earthly nations. Well, then just a small percentage of them were were reached and baptized, and no, but it was a tremendous success when we recognize it was the sending forth of the gospel to all nations of the elect, wherever they might be, and every one of them in the nations of the elect were found and baptized in the Holy Spirit, and God completed the Great Commission when he saved the last one of the elect. But but it was all in relationship to the rains, which produced the grass and the herb, the, the spiritual food, and so forth. And so the herb performs service to Adam as the word of God performs service and it's sending forth and being carried by the elect messengers to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Pal Talk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.